At this time, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 21. John 21, a passage that may be coming familiar to some of you for the first time because we've been looking at it now um, since Easter Sunday in different, in different ways. Sometimes it's been our scripture reading, uh, parts of it. Other times it's uh, been the passage that I'm bringing the message from. This morning, I'd like us to look at John chapter 21, starting with the 18th verse. And before I read uh, more scripture now, I'd like to also just pause and pray again uh, for our country and for our leaders. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the confidence that we have in it. We thank you for the way you've provided it for us, how you've had it um, written by your prophets and your apostles and those close associates of the apostles. We thank you for those who translated it and, and copied it and, and, and just the way that you miraculously have pre- preserved it so that we now have good translations in our own language and, and languages all around the world. We thank you for this gift. We also thank you, Father, for our country. And we pray your special blessing this morning on our president and vice president and the task forces um, that are working with them on helping our country through this crisis. We pray uh, for our, our Congress as well, um, both, both, the, both houses in it, and just ask that you'd give great wisdom and, and leadership to those men and women as they make important decisions, as they make important recommendations to the rest of us as we continue uh, to try to um, get through this crisis and, and come out the other side of it, we just pray that you'd help them. We also pray for our governor and uh, all those local officials who are making important decisions and recommendations for us, Father. Uh, we thank you for their help. We thank you for their leadership, and we just pray that you would um, help them uh, to lead us well. And, and Father, we also pray and, and especially pray for everybody who's been affected, and that's everybody, but especially those who are seriously affected by it, Father, many of them without Christ. We pray that you would use this difficult time to draw many to faith in Christ, um, that they would uh, be listening to those that have been talking to them about Jesus, maybe even listening to, to some of the uh, online uh, messages and, and church services, even like the one that we're having right now, that you would bring many to, to hear the gospel and to realize that uh, this world uh, is, is wasting away and that everything in this world is, is going to be destroyed, but that there is a, a promise, a guarantee, a gift of eternal life for everyone who believes in your son, Jesus. And so we pray that many would turn to him uh, during these difficult days. And we now thank you again for your word and pray that you would encourage our hearts as we consider the truths that you've revealed to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we're going to read now from John chapter 21, um, starting with the 18th verse. And again, this is uh, a great passage that describes the relationship that Jesus maintained with Peter, um, even after Peter's um, terrible denials of the night of Jesus' crucifixion. In Jesus' resurrection, um, one of the things that he was very careful to do was remind Peter of the forgiveness that he had given him and the, and the work uh, that, he had, um, that he had planned for Peter to do. And so here we're, we're um, coming into the, the conversation after Jesus had reminded Peter that he was going to be feeding Jesus' sheep throughout his life. He then makes these comments in verse 18 to Peter. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you 
where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. But we thank God this morning for this book that was written, particularly this Gospel of John that we're reading from this morning. And we thank God for his great love for us in revealing to us some of the most important, really all of the most important things uh, that we can know and that we can believe. And this morning, as, as we read this, pa- as we're reading through this passage where Jesus is describing to Peter the way that he was going to die, um, some people would kind of look at this as being sort of a, a morbid passage. But I don't think it is at all. In fact, because of the reality of life and death and because of the work that Jesus Christ has done for us, the work that he was declaring to be true and, and to be valid and to be powerful through his own resurrection, I think that this, this statement on Peter's death is a great encouragement for all of us. I've never seen a time in our country, never seen a time in my life when people talked so much about death. I mean, every day we're finding out how many more people died in our county or how many more people died in our state or how many more people died in the country or in the world because of the, the COVID-19 virus. It, it reminds me of when I, was a, when I was a child growing up and, and hearing the, the nightly news reports from Vietnam and how many soldiers were killed on a given day. We haven't been talking about death uh, since then like we are today. And, and so a lot of people today, because of the, all of the talk of death and the fear of the virus and all these kind of things, are very, very afraid of dying. Afraid of getting the virus and then afraid of dying. And then we also recognize that people are dying of other things every day besides the virus as well. So it's just got people thinking about it and a lot of people are afraid of it. And I want us to look at the passage this morning, the, the, the ministry that Jesus had with the Apostle Peter, and realize that we don't have to be afraid of death. In fact, we shouldn't be afraid of death. If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe in the promises that he's made to us, then we should be able to say, like the Apostle Paul did in the Scripture reading, that our kids led us in this morning from Philippians chapter 1. We should be able to say with the Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To die is gain. 
Now, certainly that doesn't factor in the ways that we might die and the, and the pain that might be involved in that. And certainly that's something that we don't look forward to. And certainly that wasn't something that Peter was looking forward to after Jesus described to him the way that he was going to die. But when we look at the life of our Lord Jesus and the very, very difficult way that he died, then we realize, wait a minute, we don't have to be afraid even of that process of dying. We don't even have to be afraid of, of the potential pain of dying because nobody has died a death more painful, more terrible than that of the Lord Jesus. But we look to his example and we look the way that he got through his death, the terrible way that the soldiers treated him, the, the terrible trial that he went through, the, the, the fact that it was a, a, a farce and, and it was unfair and it was untrue and all those kind of things, and then the way that they flogged him, pulled his beard out, put a crown of thorns on his head, caused all kinds of terrible pain. And then, of course, he took that cross and, and, and eventually um, Simon of Cyrene helped him with his cross and they took it to Golgotha, the place of the skull. And there our Lord Jesus was nailed with, with terrible spikes to that wood, his feet and his hands. And he was hung on that cross and he, and he died that, that awful death. Jesus did all that, it says, because he was able to look beyond it to what was coming. And one of the great things that uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us about Jesus, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of God. The Lord Jesus himself got through that difficult death process by the joy that was set before him, thinking about what God was doing through his death so that he was able in his dying to, to bring forgiveness to all the people who are going to believe, every single one of them, and that they were going to be living their lives, not just in their worldly, their earthly existence, but they were going to be living their lives for all eternity, bringing him the glory that he deserved. And here in, in describing to Peter how he was going to die, the Apostle John, in writing about it, says this, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. We think of our lives as being offered to God to bring him glory. We don't think very often of our death. But I want you to realize, Peter's last great ministry after all of the, the messages that he preached. Because remember, soon after this event in John 21, Peter was preaching that great, that great uh, message, that great sermon in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, when so many people believed all at one time. When, really, when the church was started in Acts chapter 2, Peter was doing that already just a, just a few days after this event that, that we're reading about in John chapter 21. He was, he was glorifying God in many ways throughout his life, through many sermons, through many churches that he established, through many ways that he encouraged the believers. He was glorifying God in lots of ways, but he was also going to be glorifying God in his death. In fact, I'd like you to turn with me uh, to first, or excuse me, Second Peter um, chapter 1. He, he gives a description of the days um, just prior to his death as he was writing his, his second letter. Uh, to believers around the world. Um, second, uh, second Peter chapter 1, 
as he's, uh, as he's reminding the, his readers of the importance of the Scripture. He says in 2 Peter 1.12, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still remembering the things that Peter did during his lifetime on this, in this world for the glory of God. But we also know, and he was looking forward to it, not in, a, not in a morbid way, he wasn't looking forward to the pain that he was going to encounter or anything like that, but he was looking forward to the opportunity to, to depart from this world, as he, as he put it, the tent of this body, remind us of the temporary nature of these lives. He was looking forward to being able to glorify God even in his departure, even in his death. And so, as we face a lot of, a lot of concern about life and death during these days, I want to encourage you. Don't be afraid of death. Look at it as the last opportunity that we're going to have. And I say we because all of us are going to die unless the Lord Jesus returns first. We're looking forward to that return even more now than ever before because we know that pestilences around the world are going to come before his return. We're certainly in one of those pestilences right now. So we're looking for his return. But if he doesn't return beforehand, every single one of us will die. And we have the opportunity, even though we don't know the way that we're going to die, like Jesus told Peter, we don't know when, like Jesus told Peter. Remember, apostles got special, uh, special revelation from, from the Lord Jesus. And he gave them sometimes, even in Peter's case, the, the timing in which he was going to die. Not only how, but when. We don't have that. But we have the ability, because of what God has done for us through his son Jesus, we have the ability, because of the power that we have in the Holy Spirit, we have the ability, because of the knowledge that we have of God's promises and in his word, we have the ability to bring God glory in our lives. And if we have power to bring him glory in our lives, then like Peter, we will also have power to bring him glory even in our deaths. No matter what the circumstances might be, we have the opportunity to bring him glory in the way that we die. Now, the only way that that's going to happen is if we focus on bringing him glory while we live. If we'll remember that God has given us a purpose for our lives. Certainly he's given us a purpose for our deaths as well. And it's our prayer and it's our hope that none of us will experience death. We hope that the Lord Jesus comes back now. We hope that he comes back before this message is over, before this, this broadcast online is finished. We hope that he comes back right now and we join each other in the air along with those who have already departed and, and they're reunited with their bodies and we join together and, and greet the Lord Jesus in the air. It would be a wonderful thing if it happened today. But if it doesn't, and if it doesn't happen before, so, before the time, each of us will face death and we can bring God glory in death. It's not an event 
that he wants us to walk through life fearing. It's not an event that he wants us to walk through life dreading. It's an experience that he wants us to walk through life preparing for so that we can bring him glory even in our death. And how do we bring him glory in our lives? To prepare for that opportunity to bring him glory in our deaths by doing exactly what he told Peter to do after he told him the way that he was going to die. Did you hear those two important words? He said, follow me. Follow me. Now, we don't have the the privilege that Peter had of literally walking behind the Lord Jesus or walking alongside the Lord Jesus and following him physically. Peter was just about ready to embark in his ministry of following Jesus by the Spirit as well. Because Jesus was going to ascend to the Father. Jesus wasn't physically going to be around any longer. And Peter was going to follow him by following the things that Jesus said to do while he lived in this world. And because Peter was so obedient in following the Lord Jesus, we have part of our New Testament written by Peter himself, reminding us of the things that the Lord Jesus had told him. Certainly the other apostles were were a part of of, uh, sharing the New Testament with us, writing it and, and, and copying it and all of, all of those kinds of things. But Peter had an important ministry in that. The Gospel of Mark, as a matter of fact, is often considered to be Peter's Gospel, that he wrote through the ministry of, of his friend um, Mark, uh, who spent a lot of time with the, with the various apostles. And tradition tells us that, uh, that Peter was the one who gave Mark uh, most of his material uh, for his Gospel. And so Peter not only wrote his two epistles, but he also was, was responsible largely Uh, for the gospel of Mark. And as we read these epistles, as we read these letters that the apostles wrote, as we read the gospels that they wrote down for us, so that we can see the life of Christ, we see also how, like Peter, we too can follow him. We too can live our lives for his glory in preparation for our death, which will also be for his glory. And so I want to encourage you this morning even during the time of, of sheltering in, even though that's being you know, released a little bit and, and some of us are being able to go back to, to certain kinds of work and we're able to do certain kinds of activities, we're still, in a, we're still in a time of crisis. We're still in a time of living very carefully. Even while we're in this time of crisis, even while we're in this time of extra careful living, let's commit ourselves to being men and women and boys and girls of learning the word of God so that we can follow him in everything that we do. So that we can represent him, so that we can be a witness for him, so that we can tell others who he is and what he's done by our knowledge of his word. Let's take the time. For example, we're we're continuing to to have our classes, um, our, our adult Bible studies on Sunday morning, children's ministry, uh, we're continuing to have our Bible studies uh, throughout the week and our, and our prayer meetings and these kind of things. Be a part of those things as we continue to grow in our knowledge of God's Word. I want to thank you for being a part of this service this morning. Again, it's an opportunity for us to grow in our knowledge of God's Word. I want to encourage you to take time, even apart from our meetings, apart from our classes, take time yourself to spend in God's Word. 
learning more and more about what he said so that we can do more and more the things that he wants us to do as we follow him. It's not an easy thing to do. Nobody, you know, nobody in this world is trying to get us to follow him other than those of us who are believers in Christ and know him and know his word and are trying to encourage each other. We're not getting that kind of help from the, from the outside world, but we get that help from the word of God. We get that help from the body of Christ. I'm so encouraged as, as Mark Logie, who, um, who led us in prayer and gave us that announcement about the Lewises and their ministry up in northern Ontario, I'm so encouraged with the leadership that he's given our youth ministry as they continue to spend time in God's word together through the Zoom meetings. He knows, we know, you, those of you who are parents of a youth, you know that the word of God is the place that we want our young people to learn to get their knowledge so they're ready for whatever happens throughout their lives. We know that if they have a knowledge of God's word and they learn how to get into it, they learn how to study it, they learn how to read it, they learn how to interpret it, that it will serve them well throughout all their lives, no matter what kind of crisis they have to go through. My parents didn't know when they were raising me, when they were teaching me the importance of knowing God's word, they didn't know that I was going to live through the, the, the great, you know, whatever's happening right now, this great virus, depression, or whatever it is we're having. They didn't know that that, that, that was going to happen. But by knowing God's word, I was prepared for this time, as many of you were, because you had parents, or you had youth pastors, or you had Sunday school teachers who taught you the importance of God's word. You see, it is God's word that will prepare us for whatever difficulty we have to go through. And then finally, the ultimate difficulty that we have to go through, our death. Peter, you can tell, even after he was, after he was told by Jesus how he was going to die. Now, now remember, Peter wasn't perfect like none of us are perfect. We're, we're going to go through our times of anxiety. We're going to go through our times of stress. We're going we're to have those moments of fear when we think about these things. And then what we do to recover from those times is we go back to God's word and look, look to his promises. Peter had a weak moment right after Jesus said this. First thing he thought of was, I wonder if John's going to have to go through a tough death like me. You know, he was, Peter was the kind of guy like many of us who were always comparing himself to others and checking, you know, seeing what, what they're having to deal with. And, that, and that's when Jesus said to Peter, hey, Peter, John might stay alive till I return. And in saying that, he's saying, you're not. But he's saying, what's that to you? You focus on one thing, and then you know what he said? You must follow me. Reminding him exactly what he, what he said before. Don't worry about how, how others are making it through, although we can be encouraged by them. We can learn from them. But don't worry about what others are doing, how others are getting through. We look to Jesus. We look to his word. We trust in the power of his spirit in our lives, and we follow him. Are you committed this morning to living that kind of life so that you can die that kind of death? The kind of death that would bring him honor, that wouldn't represent a person who's just afraid and, 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 not, and not trusting in God, but that can let people know, even through the difficulties of life, even the difficulties that may lead to death, you can let them know that you don't have any fear because you know Jesus Christ. And because you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, you don't have any reason to fear because you know that after this moment of death, this, this moment 
when, when we're absent from the body, that we will immediately, according to God's word, because you know his word, immediately you will be in the presence of Almighty God. Because you'll remember that Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that if we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. There's no time lapse between those two things. The moment we're absent from the body, we will be present with the Lord. We will be given at that time the place that God has prepared for us. Because remember what Jesus told his disciples. And you'll remember this as you grow in your knowledge of God's word. You'll remember from John chapter 14 that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place for us. That's something that we should be looking forward to. That's why Paul and Peter and the other apostles were able to say that they longed for his coming. And in fact, that's why Peter could say, as he did in 1 Peter chapter 1, why he wasn't dreading his, his departure from this world. He wasn't dreading his death, even though he knew it wasn't going to be pleasant. He knew what, what was laying on the other side of it. He knew that he was going to be in the presence of his Savior, Jesus, again. He knew he was going to be in the presence of Almighty God and in his glory, and that that was something that he could look forward to. He was saying, in other words, just like, like Paul did in Philippians chapter 1, for me to live is Christ, that means to follow him, but to die is gain, because then we will be in his presence. And so we don't have any reason to fear death. Now, in this crisis or any time, because of the promises that God has made and that he has kept and that he will always keep through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the good things that are happening in our lives during this time of crisis. We want to thank you for the things that we're learning about ourselves, that we're finding out about ourselves through this test. And Father, some of us have found out that we're still afraid of dying. And it's my prayer this morning, Father, that you would reassure each one of us who believe in you that we no longer have to have any fear of death. And that even the difficulties that we may have to go through in dying, according to your word, are going to seem like nothing because of the great glory that we're going to be a part of immediately after we depart from these bodies. And so we pray that you would give every believer that's praying with me right now, that you would give each one of us a great assurance of what's going to happen the moment that we pass from this life. Remind us of the peace that you've promised that passes all understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Take us back to your word. Ground us in the promises that you've made, so that we will not waste time and energy walking through this life fearing death. Use us, Father, as a witness for your glory, as a witness for your gospel, for your good news, as we approach death without fear. Father, we also pray for those who are a part of our service this morning 
who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. Father, help them to realize that they cannot be relieved of their fear of death until they put their trust in Jesus, until they believe that he is your only son, that he is the one who was able to die on the cross for their sins, and he did it. That he's the only one who rose again from the dead, able to give life to every single person who believes. Help them to believe that this morning, that they might also be able to rid themselves of the fear of death. But Father, also help them to know that your word promises that the wages of sin is death. And that that physical death, if it's not the death of a believer, a person who's put their trust in Jesus, that that death will result in eternal separation and punishment from you. Help them to know that. But to remember that, as that verse continues, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, help them to, to long for that eternal life. Help them, Father, to be relieved of their fear of death by putting their trust in Jesus Christ, your Son. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory because you deserve it as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.